Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by BetSperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive, Andy. Uh, number two, we're going through the AFC West here. We're going to talk a little Denver Broncos. Let's ride. Yeah. And uh, we mentioned this with the Raiders. Uh, this is another one where it's like, man, what, what did we say? <laughs> Just max like, enter- their 2022 was max entertainment. Put well, them on TV more. It, that's my, that's my, that's my request. So as a league, as a group of fans, a group of, you know, armchair analysts and whatnot, nobody turned. No one has ever been turned on faster than Hackett. No, well, for, like, right, for right. good reason. Because, for good because reason. well, there, there was like three years of this buildup where like, this guy's going to get a job. Like, this guy is, he's in the circles. Like, he's eventually going to find a job. And like, we kind of liked him in a few spots. And then they had how much, I'm not even going to, you know, relive that game because it was a, it was an absolute fucking brick to the skull to even watch. Even if you didn't bet it, just watching <laughs> the end of that game was just like, are they playing for like a 65 yard field goal? Is that what's good? Like they're just letting the clock run out on this? That's the plan? Like right out of the as gate. If, as if they were tied, because they weren't. Um, very, very flummoxed after that. And obviously we saw kind of a comedy of errors as the season went on. And uh, I guess the footnote. For the Broncos for 2022 was that the Broncos fired two head coaches in the calendar year 2022. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because uh, Hackett made it 15 games, oh, turning him geez. into another footnote up there with the uh, William Henry Harrisons of the world. Just uh, it has to be one of the shortest tenures of all time. Like, just I think it was only five coaches now have been fired in their first season as a coach, like wow. mid season. Um, so we've had it two years in a row, and it was honestly maybe five weeks too late. It was it was looking bad, and it wasn't all Hackett, which is just fucking crazy to say, right? Like, really, and everything works together. It's a team. It's a team sport. It's an organization. It's a business. We've seen this where everybody thinks it's it's that one guy who's fucking up and then he quits and you find out oh like it was a combination of him and this other guy who it was kind of hidden and I, I think russ obviously was a big part of the problem too we heard a lot of reports of just uh it was taking him longer to acclimate himself to a new system because he's never really had to um and yeah he looked he looked washed ish at times he still looks like he has it but it just it just looked like he was set up to fail, and then he went out and absolutely executed that with uh, with a plum. <laughs> and then somehow, on top of it all, the defense played at like eighty five Bears level for the first ten weeks. <laughs> like uh, that was that had to be the most maddening. And I see Jay Creer here in the chat who had to be just dying every week because this defense kept them in games they had no business being in. They lost some close games, too, where it's like, man, this defense, we said this during the season. My biggest takeaway from the 2022 Broncos was this defense had to hate the offense. Like, we are we are giving you everything. We're giving you everything we got. We just held a really good team to 11 points. 
yeah, guess what? We're going to score 10. <laughs> like, that's, that's where we're at with this team. We're going to lose this game anyway, despite you. It had to be just, just, uh, just the most frustrating thing because they had weapons. They traded a King's Ransom away to obviously get Will, Russell Wilson. And to be fair to them, this is my but they did suffer a lot of injuries. I think if you look at overall like time lost just on the offensive side of the ball, like they're in the top five, top 10 at worst, as far as all the wide receiver and running back injuries, all the time missed by those guys, that didn't help. So they were pretty unlucky in, in that regard as well. So kind of a perfect storm of Russ not getting it, Hackett never having it, the bad injury luck, and just not playing up to potential in a bunch of spots. This is another team where it's like, fuck, this is supposed to be something. I think that was the most annoying thing, just as like a, you know, if you oh, take yeah. Their win total was for 10, 10 wins. It was a big number. You, you, take a, you take a step back from being someone who wants to bet on this every week and just like try to view it sometimes as a casual observer. Like, I kind of wanted to see, you know, Russell Wilson do it. Like, he's cringe as shit and he's awful to like <laughs> see on social media, but he's a lot of fun to watch. And we just didn't see that last year. I don't know what the, yeah. what the full explanation was, but uh, obviously. I think they fixed the biggest problem in the offseason. Yeah, high, high knees on the airplane. Jesus Christ. I forgot about that. What a season. Oh, uh, yikes. Um, yeah, they, they went into the season, preseason odds 17-1 to win the Super Bowl um, over under 10.5. It did not get close, and it got aborted very quickly. Um Week one at Seattle, you already mentioned, where they let the clock run down and tried a 65-yard field goal. Instead of putting the ball in Russell Wilson's hands, at the time, felt indefensible, right? Like, you go, you bring in Russell Wilson, this is why you bring him in, is to run this two-minute drill to get this win for you. Get your get your team in closer contention. You know, like, he's, he's a magician out there at times. What's going on? Uh, instead, he put it on the foot of the kicker, which was a low probability kick, indefensible decision by the coach, and it all went downhill from there. I agree with you, Nate Hackett was problem number one, but Russell Wilson was definitely problem number two. Uh, you gave up a lot to, to acquire him. You gave him a lot of money, and now this is kind of an experiment that can't afford to fail, right? Like it's too big of an investment to fail. You have to ride this out. You have to try to reclimate this in some way, shape, or form, which I think led to the you know the big move for them this offseason of bringing in uh, Sean Payton. The um, the general sense that I got is Wilson definitely did not have the locker room, right? Like even beyond just uh, not performing well in the field, it did not feel like he really had. Uh, all, you know, a lot of people in that locker room had his back. Uh, pretty clear tension between him and some of the other offensive players, um, and. You know, I blame that entirely on him because his personality is is obviously a little bit of an issue. But, you know, not everybody on that team really pulled their weight. They definitely, you mentioned it, they had injury problems. They had, you know, all offensive linemen availability did not help things. Uh, skill position players not taking steps forward as expected hurt them. Um, injuries to the running back room hurt them. Uh, so, you know, certainly every, you know, Russell Wilson gets the gets the you know the headline credit for underperforming, but there were a lot of parts that just didn't really work out on that offense. Besides him, um, 
I will say this, that I need to see Russell Wilson figure out a way to succeed in the current NFL climate before I believe that a turnaround is possible. And what I mean by that is pretty straightforward. The too high safety uh, concept born by Vic Fangio, adopted by the Rams, broke Russell Wilson. Broke him. He has not adapted his game to be able to take advantage of the easy stuff over the middle that is afforded by teams playing too high cover too high coverages. I do not know if that has anything to do with systematically what the play, what the coaches are calling, and if all of a sudden you introduce a genius play caller like Sean Payton to the mix that he's all of a sudden now crafting plays, crafting scheme that you know plays to his strengths, and or unlocks that part of the field for Russell Wilson. But the fact that he has now not only just saw his personal play deteriorate to the point that it did last year and didn't make an effort to change things, I think is a bad sign. Okay, because this trend's not going away. Like defenses are now compounding on this trend in the way that they go about, you know, kind of crafting their approach defensively. And I think he's literally two moves behind you know, kind of in a, in a chess you know match against sort of the smartest defensive minds out there. Um, his athleticism also seems to have taken a step backwards. He was not as scrambly. Yeah. He was not he as fast. He would be like a cartoon where, yeah. you know, the, there's a big cloud of dust and arms and legs are sticking out of it. And he'd go into that and then he'd come out and he'd yeah. run. Like Houdini there were so many times yeah. in his career where it's like, Oh, he's, he's sacked. You can't even see him. And suddenly yeah. he squirts out for a, a 50 yard run. Yeah. Yeah. His athleticism did take a step back, but I think, yeah, this is the, obviously the biggest story outside of, I mean, they invested in this offensive line like this. No, oh, yeah, this, sure. offensive, this offensive line has like top ten upside for so sure. So here's the so the and question that, that's though helpful. Is, it's like if they're healthy and the offensive line is good, those are two things. But like the biggest question is, was it was it the Hackett Wilson relationship? Because we've all had that where you know maybe you don't respect your boss as much, or you just don't respect a manager. Maybe maybe the manager's younger and hasn't had a lot of experience, and you don't want to, you don't give a shit. This guy doesn't know it, and maybe you bring in somebody who's a Hall of Fame manager and has garnered a lot of respect around the league and maybe can can convince you to change your game up a little and listen up. So I think um, just with the, the weight and the gravity that Sean Payton brings, maybe we see Russell Wilson's, you know, uh, it's not like a full metamorphosis, but his adjustment, because it's a big adjustment. To like you said, be able to take that easy stuff, and and isn't isn't that kind of what Sean Payton's been great at? It's like not only I mean, a, a little bit of a a reputation of taking some players to you know maybe other teams didn't want or didn't think were going to be that good, and turning them into you know not just serviceable guys but damn near stars. Like Marcus Colston was like a really low pick from a. God, Dan's gonna have to look up what school he went to. Like some little school in the Northeast too. And uh, I, I mean, he's taking guys like that all the time and just turned them into really good offensive players with his play calling. And Hofstra, thank you. There we go. But it does just kind of seem like the perfect match. You give him a quarterback who's good to very good, some decent receivers. 
uh, enough running back, which whatever running backs you want to use doesn't matter. I don't think at this point he's fine. Like he should be able to put a game plan together with the pieces he has and the upgrades of the offensive line to make this a pretty good offense. And if we get four weeks in and it's not, like I guess like the blame just goes all to Russ then, right? <laughs> like if if he didn't do it last year with uh, you know, Packet and it's yeah. it's not looking good with Sean Payton who did it forever. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's Russ just one trick pony. Career's done. Hockey ships, hockey stick shape downgrade to the low. Like it's just maybe worst worst trade in the history of non Ricky Williams universe. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> it's a yeah. lot. It's a bad contract if he doesn't get his shit together. It's already a bad contract, even if he does. I think so. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. The, so the there's like there I have a lot of competing thoughts and I don't have a good answer for you. Um, Russell Wilson's play last year was a huge step huge step backwards from expectation from compensation, no mm-hmm. doubt. But it wasn't like so far off the map to the bad that it's completely impossible to see him rebounding to league average, if not better. But I need to see it first in terms of him being schemed into things that he is successful at, willing to take take on and kind of mesh with the current state of offense and defense in the NFL. Um, oh no. <laughs> Is it home run or tennis? It's too late for tennis. <laughs> no, my sister-in-law needed help. My, and my wife texted, uh, she's got a wildlife emergency. There's a skunk trapped in her bedroom. And, uh, then she texted skink, not skunk. So it's not really an emergency. <laughs> uh, you don't need my help with the skink. Thanks. Um, the um, skunk, skunk would be something. <laughs> that's a, I mean, that's a nightmare scenario. Uh, yeah, Call yeah, animal yeah. control, not a drill. Yeah, I don't have skunk trap. <laughs> uh, I actually, I have a live trap in my garage in case you need it. <laughs> oh, we got sorry. a raccoon no, in there one time. Uh, back to yeah. the Broncos. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like like you said, we, we saw flashes um, the last like five six games. Yeah, he, yeah. I mean, and some of it was obviously him, you know, kind of operating within the system, and some of it was schedule related too. They played some bad yeah. defenses, um, but yeah, I think I, you know it's it's it was a huge, humongously disappointing season from Russ. I would expect that as he has probably has some pride and ears and eyes and understands what situation he is in that he is reinvesting in himself to to be a more effective player i would hope um but if we don't see it early then i'm basically just assuming this is it for him right so he probably has about four weeks before i basically write them off and i think that's probably where sean payton is at considering the way they conducted their offseason you ready to go there yeah no i a lot of people kind of went over the Sean Payton trade to the skink thing still making me laugh. It's like, you know, that was the big talking point. Obviously it's the off season. So we have lots of time to talk about it, but that we, we brought this up the other week too. Like, what would you trade? How many first round picks would you trade for Andy Reid? Yeah. Knowing like, Hey, he'll coach for the next 15 years for your team. How many first rounders does that work? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like, I don't hate the trade, you know, it sucks oh, not having not. those picks, but like, no, could man. they have done anything better? I don't think so. Right. In the hiring, like just who was out there? No, I don't certainly so. not. No. I mean, Sean Payton is a Hall of Fame coach. I think he's like the twenty 
I think I saw this earlier, 23rd, 22nd winningest coach of all time by just, you know, victories. Uh, and he's going to add to that hopefully this year. So, like, he's very good. You weren't going to end up with something better than this. Obviously, his career is very marred by the suspension, and he's a shitty dude. I'm going to just bring that up because I used to be a Vikings fan back in the day and I'm still a little scarred from Bounty Gate. But, no, this is a, this is a really – I don't think we've had a bigger upgrade because Hackett, Hackett, I mean, Urban Meyer was a disaster for different reasons. Hackett was maybe the worst hire in recent memory. And you're going to essentially a Hall of Famer. Urban Meyer Meyer was, I know, but it was, it wasn't for like football reasons. Sure. He's just a shitty dude. Um, I mean, football reasons as well, but Hackett, yeah, one of the worst, uh, Tenures, hires, whatever, going to Sean Payton. Yeah, biggest delta you can probably cook up. Huge, huge delta. You have a quarterback who's shown he can get you there. Yeah. And uh, ideally, you don't lose like 60 games in your wide receiving and running back room this year to injury. And you have a big upgrade at uh, uh, offensive line. It's like things should be good. I don't know what's your what's your uh, devil's advocate on this. Okay, so devil's advocate is Peyton is clearly in this for the long haul. He could have stayed at the cushy media job. He didn't have to come back to coaching, but he obviously decided he wants to get back into it. And this is not going to be a short stint, I don't think. Which means I think he's probably looking at through at this particular job through the lens of the long the long arc, which means 2023 success to him is variably defined and is not necessarily even that important right success might just be we reclaim russell wilson to the to the degree we can foist him on some other team right like and or he might decide hey i have got the keys to unlock late career russell wilson the way i did with drew Brees. like he may decide that and that may be success that if he could if he can even get close to that right like it's tough for me to say that his specific turnaround this year is going to be a, a, a fait accompli. I will also say that I, I, I'm compounding my expectation of that on the fact that he, I think he may need some time to catch up to the way where the league is now. Right? It's easy, easy, easy for me to look at what he was doing with New Orleans and Drew Brees and Michael Thomas, by the way, who they don't have. They don't have Michael Thomas in the you know, I peaked Michael Thomas in, De- in Denver, but you know what he was doing in that time should absolutely smoke the kind of you know defense de rigueur in the NFL right now. Picking picking them apart with the uh, precision stuff over over the middle, and then sprinkling in with a little bit of uh, you know high uh, you know you know big play stuff on the intermediate down the sidelines type of. Uh, type of conceptual framework should be successful in the current iteration of defenses. But I just don't know that he has got the personnel of the quarterback to execute it. And he, like, I I would give equal probability to Peyton comes in, immediately turns Russell Wilson around and has a playoff campaign with the Broncos. To me, it is about equally likely that as it is he gives up on Russell Wilson and turns Jared Stidham into a, like a, you know, a, a decent starting quarterback in the NFL, right? Yeah, and I, th- I think a big, uh, and this is a weird qualifier that maybe I, I, I suppose it's been touched on somewhere, but like 
a big chunk of what needs to happen is probably on Vance Joseph's shoulders. Well, we that, I, that, see, that, this is always <clears throat> this has always been something with Sean Payton is he is and he was one of the you know this he was one of the the OGs of like I'm an offensive head coach, guys. Like, and he had his Greg Williams amongst other guys that, you know, throughout the years, he had people to just take care of the defense for me. Like, I'm I'm an offensive play caller. I'm an offensive coach. Yes, I'm the head coach. But he always had a, a good to above average, you know, defensive coordinator. And the defense played well last year, probably better than they should have. Um, I I have them above average, obviously, this year. I don't know that they can be as great as they were. I don't know if anyone can be as great as anyone was for the, like the ten week stretch there, mm-hmm. when their their game totals were landing at like an average of twenty eight. Mm-hmm. But uh, like the, the defense needs to be taken care of because if it if it's slide if there's some backsliding and it turns into be a middle of the pack defense takes a big step back because of Joseph. And I don't know. Maybe Joseph can be a good coordinator and. Maybe this is a better spot for him too than Arizona, which that cover was just getting more and more bare. Like there's some actually players here. I think we can have a like he needs him and he needs Russell Wilson. Like I would no no one man can do anything alone. Uh, I mean there are some things I can do by myself, I guess. But obviously Travis like skunk, yeah, yeah, Travis Skunk. Like Sean Payton needs to buy in from Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson also, we need to find out that he actually physically and mentally has it. And then he also needs Vance Joseph to like step up for sure. Have the time of his life on defense, I suppose. And and make that work because Sean Payton has his work cut out for him on the offense. That's a very and fair. Payton. That's fair. Okay. So he, yeah, well, I guess in that context, to me, I think the defense is good because of talent. And less so because yeah, the th- that's the thing they have. The, they have the players like that's where it's going to be such a disappointment yeah. if there's like a, a big backsliding and where they. Oh were. yeah, no doubt. Well, you know, like I, I I'm I'm bullish on Ajero Evero as uh you know as a coordinator, future head coach potentially. Um, he's in Carolina now, and you you got Vance Joseph. If Vance Joseph bungles this, um, with this much talent on the defensive side of the ball, then that is a problem. Uh, but that brings into the, you know, that, that, that's, that seems low, low problem to me. Um, just in terms of the strength of the defense here <laughs> of Denver as the 10th best defense in the NFL based on player personnel, but it's lopsided big time. Um, their front seven is bottom five. Their DBs are number one. The secondary is elite, elite, elite. Um, I don't even know what the weak point is. Let me see. Patrick Sertain is a all pro super duper star. Um, starting the starting four. Who do you Sertain, have? Who do you have as your nickel? Nickel is the weak one. Kawan Williams, that former guy that played for the Niners, is uh, and depth is an issue. If any of those guys get hurt, then I could see this defense yeah, dropping off pretty aggressively. Sim- yeah, um, Simmons, Simmons, and Sertain. Simmons, Mathis Solid. were both. Were both, uh, you know, sorry, Kareem Jackson and, uh, and Justin Simmons, one of the better safety duos in the NFL. Pat Sertain, an elite lockdown left corner. Uh, Demet, I have Damari Mathis as above replacement level. Kwan Williams just below. So, but in totality, this is the the you know the most talented secondary um, across the NFL. Front four. I'm not exactly sure who your standout players are. They did some decent acquisitions in the offseason, bringing in Zach Allen. Um, and Frank Clark, like those guys are good players. Um, they, 
but they still have a couple of guys currently slated to start who don't seem to be especially good and or are kind of risky. Like Randy Gregory, I don't know that what to expect from him in terms of impact, player impact this season. Uh, and his backup is okay. Jonathan Cooper um, may, may ultimately be the guy that gets more of the starts there. Um, you know, similarly, uh, the, you know, the, the, D, there's a couple of holes in the D line that I'm just not sure how they intend to address. So front seven looks somewhat, somewhat, uh, issue, you know, somewhat of an issues, but, uh, secondary looks amazing, which means they're going to be in a lot of games that are going to be low scoring. It's kind of the, the kind of the way I read this, irrespective of what happens with the offense. I think. Yeah, didn't didn't do a lot. Lost. I mean, honestly, they lost on this defense, but a lot of it was depth. Like yeah. a lot of the players they lost were depth pieces in the secondary. Um, they didn't really address much. I mean, anybody they brought in free agent wise in like the front seven isn't is probably more of depth people. They were able to, you know, obviously with the the trade they made they didn't have a lot of high picks they were able to get drew sanders in the third round he was a linebacker that was mocked in the first for a lot of people from uh arkansas go hogs so maybe some help there but other than that like that might be the biggest addition to to the front seven so they're uh yeah, yeah. in terms of players know. lost let me go through the acquisitions and then we'll give them a grade you ready um in terms of of specific well, Zach Allen, uh, I guess I can yeah players lost Zach Allen is the in order in rough order of how much they mattered uh Deshaun Williams D-line gone should be replaceable Draymond uh Jones uh DN gone uh I worry about that one um Dalton Risner gone he was a guard doesn't matter Graham Glasgow guard gone doesn't matter Calvin Anderson Melvin Gordon Corliss Waitman, Ronald Darby. A lot of these guys were were well past uh, uh, kind of making a huge impact on the team. Brandon McManus, the kicker, gone. Uh, I don't think that especially matters considering the state of his quality of his play. Um, and then the ads were, uh, like as you mentioned, a pretty big investment on the O-line, bringing in McGlinchey a tackle, Ben Powers a guard. Um, and then uh, they, as we mentioned already, Frank Clark and Zach Allen, who I think makes some some decent impact on this team. And uh, most interesting of all, Jared Stidham, which I think that move alone brings me into the mindset of the Sean Payton long arc conversation, right? I have no idea if Stidham is going to ultimately be a player in this league, but I don't think you bring that kind of piece in to your onto your roster as like a guy you're going to coach up to be a long-term backup. Does that make sense? He's like in a case of emergency I mean, guy in my mind, not as like a, we need a spot, I mean, couple spot starts. Teams have kind of bought into him in the past. So that's, 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 so that's my, what I'm saying. Like not as like a, we can get this guy coached up to be a Chase Daniels kind of backup, but as a, this is a project we may experiment with to see if he's a guy, right? Yeah, I don't know if I'm explaining this right, but no, I, I know alone, I know what you're saying. You, you give yeah. it, you give it a, you give it a, you kick the tires a little. You kick the tires, yeah. It's it's, it's waiting. Like, you're you're. It's waiting for Russ to prove that he's legitimately on the decline. It wasn't only the problem was Nathan Nathaniel Hackett. It was also some Wilson, to, you know, degradation. Mm-hmm. And then you say week eight. All right, let's uh let's see if Stidham is a guy that we want to build around, or if we want to go to the draft. 
half step back because I kind of I glossed over the Frank Clark thing that that was about a month ago, I suppose. What was the, where do you have him ranked as far as D's? He's decently. I, he's a older. I think he's 30, 31. Yeah. So he's not yeah, old. But the thing that kind of happens about the aging curve is if you make it to this level, if you're performing above replacement level at this age, then you tend yeah. to stay flat for a while. So I'm not expecting a huge drop off really from him, but he's also not a super duper needle mover. Um, the guy they let walk out the door in Deshaun Williams was better last year, and he only played 50% of the snaps for them. Frank Clark played 62% of the snaps for Kansas City. And uh, and to be fair, he sat out two games for an arrest. It's true. Yeah, like it's he fair. did. I think he was suspended last year for something he did the year before. Yeah. So, I mean, he probably would have played a little more. So, maybe I'll, t- I'll take it back a little. Frank Clark and I don't know a lot about Zach Allen. Yeah, if you played for the Cardinals, I don't hold you in super high regard. Okay, so overall, uh, offseason grade for the Broncos, I'm going to give them an A minus. I think the Peyton yeah, move I mean, alone is enough. You to nailed give you a the passing grade, and then trying to trying to build through the O line, I think was was smart. The huge, 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 huge question mark on this team remaining is the skill position group. I have them as 28th best in the NFL, and also the interior offensive line. Even though upgraded, is still there are still a couple guys on there who stink. And if you're getting consistent pressure on Russ up, Russ up the middle of that, and this might be, you know, it might be project aborted before it ever gets off the ground. Brought and brought up by a few people, obviously, when it happened too. Like when you sign, I'm trying to think of like a really big splash signing that someone, you know, or like a big trade, mm-hmm. especially if it's a defensive player. It's like, oh, that's gonna be fun for the next three years, and it's expensive or. You know, maybe even like the Rodgers trade. Like everyone mm-hmm. knows, like, hey, that's a huge deal for New York. You're a contender in your division now. You made steps last year, but even if he goes like 80% Brady, what do you got? Like three years of Rodgers? It's just that's it. Like you have a little willy. Like, when you sign a coach who's not ancient, and he's he's not young, but he's not ancient. Kevin James, I have to look up Kevin James' age. The differences, <laughs> but like, I mean, legitimately, you could have a, a good head coach for the next fifteen years. Like, that's why you get an A minus automatically. Yeah. And again, you pay pay him whatever you want to pay. Like, yeah. it doesn't go against the cap. If your ownership group and your front office is willing to spend it, it's the best money you can spend. It doesn't go against the cap. And if you have the guy, if you have the guy you like, it's such a perfect situation. So, yeah, yeah a definite A because I I love people shoring up the offensive line with proven players i love teams getting a good coach in place and there's still a very decent chance they have a high-end top 10 quarterback on this roster i would have i'm gonna go a minus only because i wish they had done anything at the wide receiver position and there's still time who knows um and honestly like there was a lot of buzz that they were going to trade jerry jerry judy that he was going to be the kind of the bottom you know like the uh um, you know, the big move for some team to go get Jerry Judy. Uh, but that was uh, that, that was floated around for a long time. Yeah, but just not really addressing the wide receiver position concerns me. Marquez Calway is not moving the needle for me. Sorry. Um, the uh, the so a minus for me, Kevin James, by the way, 58, Sean Payton, 59. Uh, wow. and I think really? given. I think given Sean Payton 15 years, so he's you're saying he's going to coach till 70. I mean, that's like Belichick. Um, yeah, Tim Patrick coming off the entry. Jay in the comments, Denver, 
faithful, lovely guy also. I'd like to hear his opinion on Marvin Mims. You know, they didn't have high-end draft picks, but they did take an Oklahoma receiver in the second round. I don't know. I watched some of uh, some of Oklahoma last year, last couple of years, but I, I never know if these receivers are going to be any good. It's such a crapshoot getting some of these guys brought up from into the league. So okay. they did go wide receiver with their first pick. That first pick was like fucking 60th, though. <laughs> okay. Let's take a look at the schedule and see if we can kind of continue to synthesize things. I do think that if you are bullish – on the Broncos going into the year, you are going to have two really, really solid weeks of patting yourself on the back. Oh, yeah, we did go over this a little bit um, in the overall schedule episode, but facing the Raiders, trying to figure out the Jimmy G era right off the bat at home. At altitude. In built in. Is that built in early beautiful. season altitude beautiful, beautiful, spot beautiful. that they get. Yeah. And then the same kind of thing except to the way shittier quarterback in Mr. Howell mm-hmm. coming to so two games right in a row with kind of situations in flux uh, that are really going to make your defense look good. Oh yeah. Uh, these secondaries should be able to just, I mean, that's a nightmare for those two quarterbacks to uh, go to Denver altitude early in the season and face a really good secondary. That sucks. And then, Really, really, really comes crashing down in a hurry there. Right yeah, after that, that like week, it's a nasty, yeah. nasty week three spot early game for a mountain time team in the heat, the September heat of South Beach, and you know, traveling for the first time down to Miami. So there's a non zero chance rough that spot. uh there's a non zero chance that the Chargers take care of business against Miami in their opener. That the Patriots you know, that the, the Dolphins stubbed their toe against the Patriots week two, and that you have an 0 and 2 Miami team that's all of a sudden not laying three and a half at home against the 2 and 0 Broncos team, and what might be the overreaction spot of the year to bet the uh, to bet the Dolphins. I'm just going to replay this clip <laughs> for when we do betting plan. Yeah. No, uh, 100%, 100% agreed. Is that that Miami Miami's second game is in Foxborough? Yeah. Okay, so it's not yep. the traditional Miami. Miami starts at at right. They start at 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 L.A. at Foxborough, and uh, decent not you know something like thirty ish percent chance that Miami's zero two, and uh, Denver is two and zero. Do not hate that. Do not hate that. Could be a nice. You know, it's not super deep in the color scheme of the oranges and the greens and the pinks, but. Uh, <laughs> Kind of more of a situational what come what may if those teams end up 0 2 2 and 0 mm-hmm. and there's a little bit of public sentiment on both but yeah uh, you can see that Green Bay spot is a a bad rest advantage for them Green Bay probably what coming off a Thursday game there because it's yeah, not a full bye right. yeah so that's a I mean it's at home but it's still Green no Bay Green Bay is coming off of a full bye but Denver's got a mini bye. Oh, that's where we have a little yeah. bit of a disparity there. So interesting. Green Bay coming off the full by prepping to travel up to Denver there. Huge rest advantage on blue, which a lot of teams will have because they have a bye. <laughs> and the other team isn't coming off the bye. They get an extra bye because uh, they play on Monday night after the bye. Yeah, but it sucks because it's at Buffalo. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So again, it's a it's a travel spot to the East Coast against one of the better teams in the AFC. So congrats, you get a bunch of extra rest, but you're playing one of the elite teams, followed up by should be a fun matchup. Good secondary versus a good passing attack in Minnesota Denver. I still haven't decided if I'm on the Cleveland hype train yet. But uh, some winnable games down the stretch, I think, is a lot the biggest takeaway. Yeah. So, yeah, fr- from that, like, you know, the Buffalo game, it's not some auto loss. They can go up there. Things happen all the time. <laughs> Buffalo lost to Minnesota last year. Yeah, it does. That was another one. Like, remember <laughs> Josh Allen fumbled the ball in the end zone? I definitely remember that. Oh, my God. The, the Vikings. Absurd, one of the most absurd fucking, things that happened all season. We, we've talked about some absurd games already just between <laughs> these two teams. We haven't even got to Minnesota yet. Between that yeah. one and Indy and Jesus. But mm. yeah, down the stretch, Minnesota, they're a two point favorite hosting them. Cleveland, short favorite hosting. Go to Houston. Get to be a favorite on the road. Ooh, three in a row on the road. Three in a row. This is is tougher. Chargers in Detroit. I mean, Detroit still might be a beatable defense, and they're a small road dog there, and that's just a nasty spot being third straight road game plus early East Coast time game, early noon game for me. But then New England, uh, Chargers, and Las Vegas, short favorites to close the season. So, like, there's there's hope down the stretch here. Like if they things if they get things figured out, even if that Buffalo game doesn't go their way, there's a big handful of winnable games for this team down the stretch to be like. I mean, AFC is so tough, and if I'm a realistic Broncos fan, I'm not like really thinking, hey, we have a big shot. We we can do this if if Russ is good and these wide receivers are healthy. Like we're gonna win it all, but like. I mean, after the last, it's been like seven years since they made the playoffs. Like after the last season, I'd be happy just to get to that New England game. Be like, hey, we're the eight seed right now. <laughs> you know, we we have a shot. Like we we can get into the playoffs. We can have a playoff game. It's a kind of baby steps, and then you build off that next year with Peyton. Yeah. Okay. Um, I love the start to the schedule. Surely. Three and one looks likely with the one being maybe one of my favorite betting spots of the whole first quarter of the season. Losing to the, you know, I, I, yeah, losing to the Dolphins week three is going to be, is, it seems like a, a bet that, that, that seems like a scheduled loss. Um, after that, there's a lot of really good defenses on here, which makes me think that the likelihood of an emergence or a reemergence of Russ is is that much tougher do you know what i'm getting at like like point to point to um a third game after after we get by the first quarter of the season this team's three and one the next time you are really going up against a defense where you have a meaningful advantage or at least a a chance to get into the mid to high 20s i think is minnesota Mm -hmm. next maybe detroit and then the final week against Las Vegas. So after your four and one start, potentially your three one start, potentially you only have three more games where I think your offense can really pick up the team and you know kind of help out if the defense isn't you know isn't clicking that day. And that that makes this a little fragile, and I think that makes the potential that uh, you know sometime after the bye, this is the this is no longer the Russ show is is maybe a little bit more real. Um, but I definitely think that 
selling Broncos stock after that Chicago game is in the cards. Do do a percentage here, and I think just to go back to yeah. go back to the <clears throat> the game we did. It's really yeah. hard to just not say the Miami spot. Like yeah. <laughs> Miami might be, you know. That's just a super, you, you get Miami on the other side spot, of three, yeah. and it might it might close one. Yeah, God, that'd be so. What weird. is what? Give me your your percentage distribution, and I'll give you four buckets to fall in. Okay. Russ is a top five quarterback. Mm-hmm. Russ is a top twelve quarterback, but not top five. Russ is a bottom half of the league quarterback, but plays all year. And Russ is yeah. benched for ineffectiveness and losses at some point. Okay, I'm going to go five percent top five. Okay. 10% top 12. I'm going to go 15% that he's benched and that it's the Stidham show. And then the rest is that he's uh, kind of in that that middle tier like that plays all year. 12 to 20, effective, but not so too effective. Yeah. yeah. It does seem like the most uh, likely outcome. I'd go a little higher that he can get in that, you know, because that ten to twelve the, range isn't it isn't that much to ask. It's like it's oh, crowded though, man. Be, I know it, it's very crowded. It's super there, crowded. There's a up decent there. case where it's like there's a case where he's like the fourteenth best quarterback, and the difference between him and like the eighth is so small that I think you can qualify it as a win for that bucket anyway. Where it's like he was, you know, he was Kirk Cousins. He was, you know, one of these guys that goes and throws four thousand yards. And doesn't lose a lot of games for you. He just doesn't have the magic that he had. Obviously, when he was getting to the Super Bowl, winning at Super Bowl, younger years when he was in Seattle. So I don't love the idea of him being super washed. I'd, I'd like to see him kind of bounce back a little here, but yeah, I'm still with you there. There's like a 15% yeah. chance it's just it's shit. It's like if he gets into the top 12, he's 12. <laughs> like there's just too many guys that I would say narrow range of outcomes, top 10. For him to squeeze into the top ten, but if you're telling me that, yeah, it's like it's like yeah, well, yeah. You know, Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff tore yeah. their ACLs. Well, now you can get in the top ten. Wait, <laughs> well, yeah, that well, that that don't even yeah, that there's a decent chance you just leap those guys anyway. Um, the uh, but you realistically need to you you need something special to happen to get up into that rare because there's just too many good guys with narrow bands up at the top right now. Um, but at the same time, better coach better protection um and just a reinvent a reinvestment in his own you know talent skill set should produce uh you know 12 to 16 type of you know performance over the balance of a season um difficult yeah, schedule though man this, slide. this is a tough schedule though man doing that slide exercise or is like going back and forth on that uh i need to get like a mm-hmm. rib stick or something mm well, You've seen those? It's like a skateboard. But do they still wheels. sell the Danger Witch? God, no. There's no chance. <laughs> that got scrapped? Love the Danger Witch. Subway has not been great. Their marketing <laughs> over the past 10 years. They've had a couple a couple, a couple of notable hiccups, fails. A couple hiccups. A couple of, one was a hell of a hiccup. Let's look at the odds. Sean Payton, coach of the year. I should look up the price on that right now. I'm sure he's one of the. He's a favorite. He's a favorite. I think he's I think. one of the top or three favorites. Favorite, Campbell yeah. Campbell's up there. I know uh, he's up there as well, which deservedly so. Like, and that the biggest part about coach of the year is 
like just outdoing last year. So I mean, the the biggest favor that Hackett did to anybody was only winning like five games because Sean Payton wins eleven or twelve. It's like, oh, they won seven more games than last year, and that seems to be such a huge, huge thing for coach of the year. And obviously he's a very known quantity and <clears throat> you'd want to do something. If, uh, if this was a playoff team, if this was like one of the better wildcard teams, I think, uh, yeah. Third favorite 14 to one Dan says, thanks producer Dan third favorite at FanDuel, And yeah, close race. I think he, you're right. Sam looks He probably gets a little bit of a bump, but 45 to win the super bowl, 30 to one to win the, American football conference mm-hmm. five and a half to one to win the division. Um, at that point, if you're betting him to win the division, you better have an AFC ticket because <laughs> if they are better than Kansas city, what are you doing? Not having a 30 to one to win the AFC at that point, uh, plus one eighty four <laughs> to win the, to make the playoffs minus two thirty two miss the playoffs in a crowded and tough AFC mm-hmm. win total is a game higher, a couple games higher than, uh, the Raiders, but definitely juice to the under. This is closer to an eight than an eight and a half. It is minus one thirty-two to the under. So I don't know what what did your I missed it at the bottom of your schedule. What was your median uh, implied results according to your the schedule? Sum result? of the win probs is eight and yeah. a half. Okay. <laughs> and, and my, yeah, my own my own personal numbers say that they are slightly better than that, um, but not enough to make a bet so we we that. teased it and we teased that off the beginning too we said here's a couple of teams where it's like hey the the market's pretty correct probably on their median outcome yeah. like we don't think there's a uh obviously drew you said there's a decent chance uh if the raiders go under their win total they go well under because it's just a yeah, long disaster yeah, and, yeah. and long tail with the, the jimmy g injury but this one with all these coin flips and enough decent players on defense to keep them close in games, this mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the range of outcomes feels pretty narrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't understand how they could possibly, you know, shoot to the top of the AFC with this tough schedule, a tough division, and you know all the change that they've gone through. Yeah, you know, we, we've we've done nothing but put Sean Payton forward as positive. Anytime you bring in a new coach, there's some inherent negatives to just the the growing pains of switching up how everything is done. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there is that there is that factor. So I just don't see how there's some long tail to like 13 wins here. Yeah, we I agree. Mean, it, it feels um, like seven to 10 wins an awful lot of yeah, times. But you said it exactly right. Uh, a good season for Peyton and a bounce back for us is like nine or 10 wins. It just isn't working is like seven or eight. right like the and here's here's what i would give you like a little quick like just a test on that you ready um it is week 13 uh russ has just now lost his uh you know fourth straight game and is dealing with some injuries and they decide we're handing the handing the ball to uh to jared stidham on the road at at houston uh market was expecting a pick or, you know, small favorite. You know, my, you know, market was expecting Denver minus three at Houston, and now you get the news that it's Stidham. What's your adjustment? I mean, if if it's still sitting at minus three with Russ implied to be in, but he's been playing very poorly, I mean, I, it's like a point. 
<laughs> if the offense has been bad enough for Russ, but no out, more than a point, right? It's like yeah, it's like a point. Yeah, you know, I, <laughs> it's like, not going across. It's not going across. Pick them. No, I mean it, it might drop one and a half too, but at that point you're it's semantics. If it goes from three to one or three, it's to coming two, off not, three. Yeah, how about if it opens? It opens two and a half, and you get the news via text that Stidham, it's Stidham this week. Russ is out. You're not making a bet on Houston at that price, right? No, you're not like I mean, oh, this he, is going to move so. Oh, this is worth so. No, it's not. You probably wait. You probably wait and make a bet on Stidham afterwards. Yeah, that's what I mean. Actually, actually, that's probably the right call. Give me the cheap price on him at that point. Yeah, yeah, Um, dude. Yeah, yeah. oh man, I get to fade CJ Stroud going up against this defense. Uh, Hell yeah, (laughs) yeah. Give me pick him. And Jay Jay brings up a good point. He says close game results gonna last year gonna flip. That's the thing that the defense kept kept them in so many games. Mm -hmm. If the offense can be twenty percent better. Mm-hmm. They they probably win a lot more of these coin flips if again the defense has to play at a, a pretty decent level as well to keep them in these games. Schedule should be a lot tougher. Do you year. do you know the do you it, know it the turned term... out to be an easier schedule? It did. Yeah. Do you know the term for the um the fallacy of we went one and seven last year in close games. This year we're going to go seven one. No, you're, most likely you're going to go five hundred. Right, like what? What's that fallacy where you expect regression back to, you know, you're expecting over an overcorrection? Oh, you know what I'm trying to say? Uh, I can't remember. But anyway, yeah, I mean, the most likely, the most likely thing is that the Broncos go 500 in their. I think it's just called regression. (laughs) It's just called the regression Uh fallacy. Oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah, I think it's fair to expect them to win more than they won last year, but not to win more than 500. At least, unless there's some magic super secret sauce of end of game, end of game decision making by Sean Payton, that's the difference. But we'll see. I'm oh, just most. It, I'm it just, wasn't, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't just the offense that. Yeah. Coughed up these close games. It was Nathaniel yeah. Hackett and some of the decision making they lost. Yeah. Like, Let me ask you another lost, key. They lost to the Colts by three. They lost to the Chargers by three. They scored nine points at home against the Jets. And yes, the Jets turned out to be a lot better than we thought, but. When your def- your defense holds teams to, I mean, these are games they lost. Defense held a team to twelve. Defense <laughs> Colts, held they team- another game where they scored nine points. Yeah. yeah, a defense held a team to 17, 12, 19, 16, 17, 22, and I mean twenty three. I guess. Dude, they lost three Probably. games scoring nine points last year. Yeah, none of the margins were more than three. Oh no, nineteen sixteen was more than three, but still. That's you shouldn't be losing those games. Holy shit, that's amazing. Um, okay, well, yeah. let me ask you another another question. Long arc, Denver Broncos. Put put your Denver Broncos fan hat on for me. You've made a good decision of replacing your coach with a guy who's going to be relevant for fifteen years. Do you want to see Russell Wilson bounce back and have a a, a twelve to fifteen ish? You know, ten was ten, ten to fifteen type of rank of quarterback for a couple more years, and the Broncos be a you know borderline playoff team in the AFC. Or would you rather see what Peyton wants to do, tearing this thing down and bringing in another quarterback and starting over? Like, what would you rather? Is is that what Peyton wants? Are we sure? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I I think I'd like to see five years of good Russ because I think he still have it. He's thirty four. It's not ancient. He hasn't had. I mean, a lot of his, his worst injury was 
I mean, recently it was just the finger thing. Hmm. Uh, and it's not like he's battered and broken or, you know, 38 years old at this point. I think he still has some wear on those tires. So I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit of a Russ renaissance. I hope he just like deletes all his social media for that. I don't want to see him on Instagram reels at all, but like I wouldn't mind seeing him play good on the field. And, you know, at that point, you know, somewhere in that stretch, you find a replacement and start working him in. You better have a plan because this is going to be forever. And to your point, like Sean Payton's obviously got to look long-term as well. But I, I mean, if, if I'm Sean Payton, I think I'm fine with either, but, I think I'm, more I'm kind of ready for I'm, the next chapter. I don't know. Yeah. I'm more fine with yeah. winning. Like that's the yeah. thing. This guy okay. hasn't got. To, this guy hasn't coached a NFL game in a while. And the, you know the the ultra competitiveness of these people that do this sort of thing for a living. He doesn't want to come back out of the booth and come in and be like, "Yeah, I'm, I, I'd be happy to go like, you know, six and eleven this year." No, I want to. I want to win. I've tasted it. I've been to the Super Christ. Should have. I mean. Uh, I don't think they win that Super Bowl, but they should have been in another Super Bowl. And there was a, I don't know if people remember this, but there they was could have won bad, that one. There was a bad they call. They definitely could have. That Patriots team like, was, was, was there for the taking, man. I, I don't know if I liked the matchup as much. Yeah, McVay was just befuddled. Was that the 13-3 to game? Yeah. I mean, that was just such a perfect game plan by the Patriots, honestly. Yeah, maybe, but it was against Peyton. Goff and and McVeigh was a known more known quantity. Peyton, maybe, really yeah, maybe they it. have two, maybe they have two Super Bowl trophies. But like he's tasted, it. he's been to the mountaintop. Like, I don't think he wants to come in and. Yeah, that was Jared Goff's first Super Bowl. He pooped his pants to a degree. Drew Brees is not necessarily doing that. Yeah, that 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 uh, Saints team would have been live against the Pets, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, I, I don't know. I'm I'm ready for the next chapter. I, I don't really need right. to see. I really don't. I don't need to see a Russ reclamation. I, I don't. Um, well, one of us will probably get her. One of us. Will <laughs> <away>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and honestly, if they do get a reclamation out of Russ this year, I would consider who, if anyone wants him. <laughs> like, if you could, you could unload him you somehow, cannot. some way. You can't. Not with that contract. Nobody wants to pay that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'd have Who to knows? major restructure however that works it's a hell of a contract at this point Who knows? So. somebody took Aaron Rodgers off Packers hands that's fair desperate teams man um, alright well betting plan for the Broncos is unders obviously um, betting plan that's... is Dolphins week 3 <laughs> unders until morale improves <laughs> 6 and 11 to the under for these guys last year freaking awesome uh, a bunch of those were alt unders, as you kind of alluded to, which I thought was and just like no sweaters. Like, oh, 39 and a half. Well, that should be 34. Mm-hmm. The average total for the Broncos went under by three and a half points last year. Uh, and their average total was 41, 41 points. Uh, wow. Setting um, football back 40 years. Congratulations. Yeah. Denver Broncos. Uh, okay, so it's the city of champions. So let's now. answer a question from our good friend and uh, active deep dive Discord uh, previewer, Sam, writing up some uh, good good notes, good nuggets. You're only going to find them if you're in the deep dive Discord. Uh, asks, what's my fare for Broncos um, Raiders Week One? 
Uh, this is an interesting one because as a, from a power rating standpoint, I only have the Broncos two points better than the Raiders. But this is the biggest home field advantage I have for any team in the first quarter of the season, uh, giving them a full three-point bump here, full you know 15% win probability bump here. Uh, so I would make it five. Uh, Broncos by five. Um, and I think realistically expecting the uh, the Raiders to show up and give you uh, much of a fight considering the situation is not looking likely. And, uh, you know, maybe it's a close game ultimately, but uh, would lean Broncos at the prices. I only have a two-point gap between the Broncos and the Raiders. And some of that, as mentioned, is at full strength, the Raiders aren't that bad. But you can easily talk yourself into a couple injuries, particularly at the quarterback position, which turns them into absolute dog shit. <laughs> and maybe that happens in the preseason. Maybe Jimmy G never takes the field. We didn't even really talk about that, but if he never passes his physical or if, or if you know something happens to him in the preseason, he doesn't take the field, then that one could get out of control. So we'll see. But yeah. And again, uh, it's, it's always lying season when it comes to this sort of shit and everyone's in the best shape of their life. But I did source it out from two two people are probably getting it from the same place that said like, Hey, this is like, it looks good. Like he, it looks like he's on track, which is to say like the track that they set forever ago, which was, <laughs> Hey, he's probably not ready at the beginning of the camp, but he's ready to go for the beginning of the season, which isn't great too. If you don't get the full camp to get ready with the new team, um, which probably downgrades him slightly as well. Mm-hmm. But, I had to find. I had to go find my spreadsheets for. I starting to put together prices for week one. Same kind of thing too. It depends how you rank that. You know that home field. Yeah, that's clearly not a one point eight two point. No, no. You know, it's yeah. that is. This is the upper end of the range. It's a lot closer to three than it is one point eight for that. So I have that as like a five and a half. Okay. Okay. And then it's, it's again. I'm. I, what'd you say? I was opening up spreadsheets to your list. It's five. It's four. It's it's a juicy four, but there's not a big win probability difference between four mm-hmm. and five and a half. No, so I'm a little higher on Denver than the market as well, but not by a ton. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm basically Denver Raiders. Sam, teams. Sam is a six and a half. I love it. <laughs> yeah, he's he's ready for some Bronco. He's ready to ride. He's he's ready to ride. Um. There's a, uh, I mean, for selfish reasons, I really hope the Broncos cover, but the Broncos and the Raiders to me are two teams the market has correctly medium priced. And there's been no real action on these teams either, by the way. We didn't really talk about it because, like, it's only worth kind of bringing it up if there's something noteworthy that happened. Um, but, like, from the like early May to, to, to now, there's been virtually no activity on Raiders or Broncos. So everybody's kind of looked at it at first glance and said, yeah, okay. The only action I've seen is Peyton coach of the year stuff, which makes total sense because that yeah. is going, yeah, that is going to nuke if they go out three and one. He is going to be your heavy, he'll be, you know, three to one, four to one range, top of the market after the first quarter of the season. And that will be fun to bet against because ultimately I don't oh, think the they win guys. enough. I don't think they win enough ultimately to get it. A lot of coin flips to lose to cough that up. You're not going to get that with a seven-win season. So. Dan, we are in mid-season form. Two hours of previews are in the books. That was the plan all along. We're going to try to keep these under an hour, but hopefully you're not listening at 1x speed or 
or half X speed if you really want to listen, you know, stretch it out. So um, 30, 30 more hours of this, guys. <laughs> it'll it'll go by like this, and we'll be talking week one. Oh my god, we will be at week one before you know it. So uh no real surprise Wednesday. If you uh, if you're listening to this before Wednesday's show comes out, we'll delve into the other half, the top half, the penthouse of the AFC West your Los Angeles Chargers, and the World Championship. World Championship? World Champions. Kansas City Chiefs. And, uh, they can't keep getting away with it, meme. <laughs> See you guys. Great work. That didn't feel, that didn't feel like uh, two hours at all. Just a couple guys rapping about teams, baby. Yeah, I, mean, I can't believe we have two. I can't. I can't believe we have two previews in the books, and we've got two bets in the queue for week three. Yeah, wow, wow, weird. <laughs>